You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. If you come expecting for God to do, God will always meet you. Okay? If you come expecting God to do something, God meets you. You say, Pastor Tim, you know what? I just, I don't know about that. Why am I only touched whenever Benny Hinn takes his jacket off and throws it at me? Well, usually that happens because of one reason. You came expecting. You came ready to respond. And the, your attitude many times determines what you're going to receive. Okay? Your attitude toward things will either open up, allow you to open up the doors of your heart and allow God to move, or either they will slam shut your doors of your heart and you won't receive. Why? Because it's you that is the key to allowing God to work. The Word of God tells us He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. The difference is this. There are some moments that we let God use us. We let God work in us. And there's other moments that we will close the door because of circumstance, situation, whatever's going on, the way we feel, what's happening, are we comfortable, are we not, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on. But if we will learn to be able to open up, you will be amazed at what God can be able to do in your life. Amen? I had a difficulty to be able to get all the stuff into one thing, and I got enough that we may be talking about it later on. Um, But this morning, we're in the middle of, of talking about what were they thinking, the crazy stuff that people did in the Bible. And this is one of the iconic moments. This is one of the iconic stories that whenever you look at it and you, and you read it in the Bible, you will immediately go, what in the world are they thinking? Why in the world are they doing this? But you will read these passages of Scripture all throughout the Word of God that talks about um, stories that are ter- terrible situations and terrible circumstances and that God will speak to somebody's heart and ask them, to do something that may seem crazy to everybody else except for the person that is doing it. Okay? Understand something, brother and sister. Crazy is defined as to be unusual or bizarre or to be insane. Just because you are not being normal does not mean that you have lost your mind. Because understand, whenever God begins to show you things and begins to speak into your life, and He begins to show you things that He's not showing to anybody else because they are not in your circumstance and they are not in your situation, as God begins to open up and begin to show you things There will be moments that He may do things in you that everybody will look at you and go, they've lost their mind. It's official. They have gone completely stark raving mad. There is something going on with them. But can I be able to share with this to you, brother and sister, 
that sometimes what people define as unusual or crazy is really what as the church would define as this, trusting Jesus. Okay? We need to realize that what we and others see as crazy or as unusual or just plain insane sometimes is not so crazy after all. Their actions can be interpreted as nothing more than trust that they have placed in the Lord because of what they have experienced in their walk with the Lord. Sometimes crazy is nothing more than the only way that we can describe what God is doing in us and through us when everybody else just sees the situation that we are in. Realize this, brother and sister, there will be moments that your situation declares that you just need to pack up and go home. But there's been a moment in your life when God has spoken to you and begin to reveal Himself to you so that while everybody else is packing up and going home, you're packing a lunch and you're going into the situation. Why is it? Everybody else says it's crazy. Yet God has showed you something that He showed nobody else. So therefore, sometimes the amount of your revelation that God is showing you will sometimes lead to the, the level of crazy that they'll put on you. But that's okay. Because the more crazy that they may think that I am, usually means this, that the situation that I'm in, God is showing me something more than what they've shown them. The Word of God tells us in Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 and 2. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, speaking of faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. If you want to receive a good testimony and a passing grade that will pass you through every circumstance that you find yourself in and that will elevate you one day to heaven's glorious gates, can I just be able to share this with you? You must have faith. And that kind of faith is only brought about through a relationship with God that that, rec that relationship with God then brings forth the revelation of who He is. Thereby, we'll soon we will see the manifestation of who He is. Okay? That relationship that you are making with the Lord will then begin to yield revelation of who He is. And through revelation of who He is, thereby comes the manifestation of who He is. Okay? You cannot have a revelation of who He is without first having the relationship with who He is. And there is a reason why that many times in your life, when circumstances and situations begin to build, that you cannot be able to withstand them 
Because your relationship with God is not where it needs to be. Because in every situation, the relationship with God will always make way for the revelation. And the revelation from the presence of God will always bring forth the manifestation which will get you out of your circumstance. Okay? So today we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be talking about crazy purpose. Crazy purpose. Now understand something. What we're about to read, and let me just set it up for you. During the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, Jerusalem is besieged. Israel has already fallen, the northern kingdom. It's already fallen. It's been fallen for, for a generation. Israel itself, but all that has been left are two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. And there inside of Judah is the city of Jerusalem. The kingdom of Judah has withstood because of one reason. They had kings that would at least lead them in to following the Lord. But in the very last few kings, they have come to a place that they have run from the presence of the Lord and they've given themselves over to idolatry. King Jehoiakim, is now presiding over a kingdom that has shrunk to only a city. Why? Because Babylon has come and besieged it. And now they are in a position where they are about to be captured. In a little while, after a little while, I love how Daniel chapter 1 and verse 2 states this. In the New Living Translation, because it says this. That... Babylon came, besieged the city, conquered it. And in verse 2 of Daniel chapter 1 in the NLT, it says this, And God permitted it. He permitted Babylon to not only conquer Jerusalem and Judah, but to also take all of the instruments out of the temple. Allowed it to be able to happen. Why? Because what good are instruments if there's nobody there that serves the Lord? Oh, I could be able to talk about that for a while. I ain't got time to talk about it. I'll talk about that some other time, okay? Because what good is it for you to be able to have this beautiful keyboard, this talented group of individuals singing? What good is it if you yourself, oh Lord Jesus, We'll not worship the Lord. What good is it to have air conditioning on in the building? What good is it for us to even open up the doors if whenever we gather together, we do not come into a place that we experience the presence of the Lord and we give Him place? Lord Jesus, I ain't got time and y'all ain't got, don't want me to talk about that. So understand what's beginning to happen here. Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar has come he has conquered Jerusalem. He's conquered Judea. What does he take? The spoils of war. He comes and he takes the, 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 the treasures of the temple. He comes and takes slaves. He comes and takes the best and the brightest of all of Judah. 
he finds the most talented, the most brightest, the, those that are true leaders, gets them all together and takes them with him back to Babylon. And when he gets there, he feeds them right from the king's table. He gives them access to the greatest learning of that time period. Why is he doing all of this? So that they can be able to become just Jews, but now he's trying to convert them so that they will become Babylonians. Because where your leaders go, that's where everybody else goes. So he says this. Now everybody is eating the king's food. Everybody else understands the king's food has been sacrificed to idols. It's been blessed before idols. That's according to their religion. Everything that they are being taught has a form of paganism there. There's a lot of stuff that they're trying to indoctrinate them over and over. But there is one guy that stands up and he says a little something that changes the course, not just of the Babylonian Empire, but also of Israel and also of him and his companions' lives. I want you to look at Daniel chapter 1, look at verse 8, okay? Listen to what the Word of God says. But Daniel purposed in his heart. Look at your neighbor and say, purposed. Look at your other neighbor and say, purposed. Look at yourself and say, purposed. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. My Lord, have mercy. I wish I had more time to preach this morning. Defile himself. Woe unto you that allow yourself to be constantly defiled. Daniel had this idea. Why in the heck am I doing this to myself? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Let me tell you something. Jesus. Why in the world do you excuse yourself for stuff that you know better to do? By giving some kind of pathetic excuse that you know yourself is not the truth. That includes not just on the way we act, but also, you know what? I need to be, you know what? God's given me a talent. I need to be, I need to use it. Well, you know, Lord, I've got this and this and this and this. How many times do we come into a place that we defile what God is trying to be able to do in us because of the junk? Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you something, brother and sister. Let me just share this with you. You are in the situation that you are in many times because you allow yourself to be put there. Now, let me just say this before I get to anything else. Yes, Daniel was conscripted. Yes, he is a glorified slave, pretty much, that's been brought under the disguise of being a guest. 
and they are brought into a place where he is now being set up and now he's being trained in all these things for the next three or so years. Brother, can I just share with you, he is far from home. He has no, he can be able to do whatever he wants to. His mama isn't going to find out. His daddy ain't going to find out. Nobody's going to find out exactly. He is in a faraway land, will probably never get to go back home. So why should he care the way that he acts? Because, honey, understand something. It wasn't a good situation for Daniel, but guess what? He still had something in his heart that would not let him settle for junk. Let me tell you something. If you settle for junk, that's all you'll ever get in life. Okay? Mm, Jesus. You settle for a man that will not treat you with respect, then guess what? That's all you're going to get. Somebody that won't treat you with respect. Let me tell you something. You're here to be... Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord have mercy. The only thing that you're going to be able to expect from a lady, and that's just certain things, can I be able to share something with you? You get what you deserve. By this, your standards predicate what you get. Right, Tim, what do you mean by that? I deserve a good man. I deserve, yes, you do deserve a good man, but what you choose is two different things. Come on, somebody. What you deserve and what you get are two different things. We get according to what? We get according to the pool that we choose from. What allows us to choose from or make the pool that we thereby then choose from? It's called our standards. And what we allow ourselves to be able to say, that's good, that's bad. Yeah. Tell you something. Don't, oh, Jesus, God bless. How did I get off into this? Lord have mercy. Let me just share this with you. Don't expect you to find a bastion of Jesus. Don't expect to find somebody that has the up to the greatest morals and the greatest amount of willpower whenever the only thing in trying to find somebody that is sober if the only place that you're going to find a wife or a husband is to a bar told this lady time ago and I was, she was like I'm just I'm just it's I'm just heartbroken all the time I just I'm just so tired of love I'm so tired of love and I just said baby where what what do you mean she says I have been cheated on for the last three men that I have dated they just cheated on me and cheated on me and cheated on me I said well baby where in the world do you find them well and then all of a sudden club bar Mingle on like one of those dating apps. Can I just tell you something, brother? Let me just share something with you. Let me just share something with you. Just because you've got the ability to choose doesn't mean that you choose rightly. 
Oh, you look at that at Walmart. Just walk through Walmart and look around and go, you should have chose better on them clothes and you should have chose better on them clothes. When you looked at that and you looked at yourself in the mirror, you, there is no reason why that you are wearing a medium when you need an extra large. You had the choice. You just chose wrong. Jesus. Just because you are in a position that you have a choice does not mean that you choose wisely. God help us. See, there is so many times that we will get so upset when people start trying to be able to take away our choices. But sometimes, let me tell you something. Sometimes the best thing for people is whenever you like going, no, 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 bad, 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 bad. How many remember when you were taking a test in elementary school or high school, whatever, and they would, and it was one of those things that you would you know, uh, multiple choice. And you'll have a teacher that will say, you know what? Y'all did so well on this or whatever. I'll give you, I'll take away two of your choices. They are the wrong question. Now I got a 50-50 chance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I be able to tell you something, brother and sister? Sometimes the very thing that we can be able to come into a position with and wish to God, Jesus, that we will get mad at God about because of what we are in and the circumstance that we are in and the situation that we are in. Sometimes it's one of the greatest gifts that God ever gives you. Because it's in those moments that allows you to be able to refine who you are and the very purpose that you are here. I tell you, this morning, I just I want to share this with you. I'm, I'm just going to take this and then I, we're going to pray. Just a moment. Can you believe this? But yes, that's what I'm about to do. I'm going to finish the rest because, listen, I, I want to share a few things with you this morning. And I just feel like that this moment, I, I, I want to share this with you this morning. Realize this. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's what? Delicacies. Nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Well, this is, can I share this with you? There are really only two choices. In what we will do with our lives. Will we live it in a way that honors God? Or will we live it in a way that dishonors Him? Will we live our lives in a way that honors God? Or will we live our lives in a way that dishonors God? And realize this. 
Look at the word that he uses time and time again. Defile himself. Defile himself. Defile himself. Time and time again, you can be put in a position, time after time, that it comes to you, will you defile yourself? It's not one thing, brother and sister, understand that nobody can make you do something that you do not want to be already be able to do. Mm, Jesus. See, this is the reason why that it's so important that we understand something this morning. So according to our priorities comes what we do in life. And this is the thing I find so powerful. Daniel is in a bad place. He's not in a good place. He must have been religious when he was in Judah. Because when he gets in the bad situation, he knows what's right. But it's not just him knowing what is right. He is willing to be able to do something that allows him to walk in righteousness. It's not enough for you to know what is right. You must walk in righteousness. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him... It is sin. It is one thing to know what is right, to know what God wants us to do, and to do it. Brother and sister, realize this. There is something that every single one of us needs to be able to understand here in this place this morning. That God wants to be able to do some great things in your life but he can only do what you allow him to and give him access to do God wants to be able to pour out in you he wants to be able to do things in your life he wants to bless you he wants to be able to do great and mighty things that you cannot even begin to understand or describe or be able to come to a place that you can recognize it or even imagine it. But understand this, that cannot happen if somebody does not choose to follow what God has laid out in your life. It's not enough for you just to be able to just talk and just know you have to do something and walk in it. God blesses those that will walk. God blesses those that will step out. God blesses not those that think, but those that will walk. 
Because look at this, brother and sister. Look at this. I, I haven't got a whole lot of time, and, and, I, and I just want to be able to share this to you. Look at the steps that Daniel comes to a position. Daniel just doesn't talk about it, but he reaches out to somebody to be able to say, this is what I'm about to do. I want you to be able to watch. I want whenever you get home, read Daniel chapter 1. I promise you, if you read Daniel chapter 1, you'll read, want to read Daniel chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. It'll bless your heart. Okay? Because it is the narrative of one man that just chose to be able to walk after the Lord and what happened to everything after it. Brother and sister today, hear me. You have to do something for God to be able to work and do things in your life. You must be not just a person that speaks purpose, that knows what's right, but that moves forward in that direction. You must move forward. You must. You must. And if you will, you know what the Bible says about Daniel? Say, God blessed Daniel. God blessed him. Read it. Daniel 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. He blessed him in everything he did. Blessed him in every area that you could be able to bless him. They ended up that there came a point that even he was put up in the high ranks of all the leaders of all of Babylon. Why? Because of one reason. Because he knew what was right and he didn't talk himself out of what was doing what was right. Here's just something. How many of you here this morning, you get this morning or any other morning, you know that, you know what, in my head, I know I need to get up and I need to be able to get in the, in the Word of God and I need to pray before I go out. How many of you talk yourself out of it? You talk yourself out of it by hitting the snooze button. You talk yourself out of it while you're sitting there with a cup of coffee. Just close your eyes for just a moment. It'll all be okay. And before you know it, you've lost. You've lost your time. You've lost those moments. You knew what was right, but you did not move forward to do what was right. This morning, we know to worship the Lord. We know that we need to pray one for another. We know that we need to lift each other up. We know it, we know it, we know it. But it's not enough to know it. You must do it. Look at your neighbor and say, do it. Don't talk about it. Do it. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning. Dear God, I thank you, Lord. Lord, this morning you have been so real. Your presence has been so real. And dear God, Lord, even as I've tried to, dear God, to be able to preach this morning, it seemed like the only thing that you would let me be able to really talk about was this. This portion, this place, dear God. We recognize, Lord, that you've called us and you've, in our hearts and in our minds, we know the Word of God where it says for us not to be, dear God, filled with anxiety and, and cares of this world, but to put our hope and our trust in You. 
Dear God, Lord, we understand, Lord, time and time again, all of the things that you have told us to do and all the things that, dear God, Lord, that we know that as children of God that we should do. But yet, Lord, time and time again, we talk ourselves out of stuff. Time and time again, we fail, Lord God, to pursue you. We fail, oh God, time and time again in the moments that we know that we should do this and we should do that. But yet we never ever put them into shoe leather and walk them out. So this morning, dear God, let us take up this same commitment that Daniel had. When he says, Lord God, the very things that I know to be able to do, let me do them. Let me follow you, Lord. Let me be what you have called me to be. Let me pursue after you, O oh Lord. Let me, O oh God, be the person that I know that you've called me to be. Because, dear God, Lord, if you've called me to be it, I can be it. I will choose to be it. Choose to chase after you. Choose to go after you. And choose, Almighty God, to be what you've called us to be. Dear God, in the name of Jesus, let it be, oh God. I mean, here across this building, you say, Pastor Tim, I know what I need to do. I know the way I really need to live. I know the basics of it. And I know this. I've been talking myself out of it from time to time. I know what I need to live in peace. Yet I talk myself out of it all the time. I know what I need to be able to do to see, dear God, my friends and family saved and the people around me saved, but yet I just talk myself out of doing it. I know what it is, dear God, Lord, to be able to come in and to worship you. I know what I'm supposed to do, but dear God, so many times I just allow myself to be talked out of. Because of the circumstance, situation, whatever that it may be. If that's you under the sound of my voice this morning, and you just say this, Pastor Tim, I'm choosing to not defile myself. I'm choosing to follow the Lord. I will not talk myself out of it anymore. I will put the Lord first. That's you here. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to just stand.